you for listening to this message from the North Gate. I was coming back from Ohio, or coming back from Florida to Ohio, and I began to pull into the great state of what we are. I'm here to tell everybody in this room, this is the first time Tina and I left for two weeks, and we felt jealous to leave. I didn't want to leave. What we were in with these kids in here, I didn't want to leave. And when I came back in, I began to hear one phrase repeatedly over and over and over when I pulled back into the state of Ohio. And I kept hearing this phrase over and over again. We have many fathers, or sorry, we have many instructors, but few fathers. I kept hearing that phrase over and over again. We have many instructors, few fathers. Many instructors, few fathers. This is in the church at large. This is in our cities. This is in our churches. I want you to begin to hear me. And so I begin to look up with that. I want to read that first, Kevin, and I know that's going to mess with you a little bit, but I want to read Corinthians first, 417. And I want us to begin to see what Paul began to say when we have many instructors and few fathers. And what I don't want us to have in this house is instruction for these kids. So everything I just told you financially, I was not instructing you. I'm being a father of what I already live. Most instructors instructors have an idea of what to do, but may not live what they're doing. And I'm going to show it to you here in the scripture when they pull up uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 and 17. I'm not writing this to embarrass you. Wow, what a way to start, Paul. You know what that tells me? He means business. But you know what it also means? He's talking to a fragile people. It means he's talking to people of immaturity. And he loves you enough to say, I don't want to embarrass you, but I need you to learn. And one of the things that we need to understand in the kingdom is that we never need to shut off that I know it all. We cannot come to the place of I'm not learning. But we can't. I saw an article this week, and I, and I really feel like really, really talking to you tonight. I saw an article earlier this week by a pastor in this region that said one of the most dangerous people in your church is one that knows everything. That wants no help, wants no counsel. I know the scriptures. I know the verses. I have a prayer life. I have a devotional life. It sounds a lot about like the independence versus comfort that I taught on a couple weeks ago. And I think that's why we need to get here because we're still dealing with independent people in this room. And God is breaking that off as we build a culture. And a lot of the independency in this room isn't bad. You pay your own bills. You get up for work every day. You survive. This is a blue-collar area. We're not a white-collar area. We're We're taught to be independent. There's a lot of mothers in this room that were single moms at one point or is a single mom now. You know what it means to be independent and to survive. And so what happens inside the kingdom, we'll listen to a piece of instruction, but we'll never connect ourselves deep enough with a father that can teach us how to live and go further because it's 
fathers that see vision for sons. That's why in this room, I'm literally sitting in a swimming pool in a hot tub. You can ask my mother-in-law and father-in-law. We're down in Disney and we're sitting in the hot tub and I start talking to a man. And I just start briefly telling a story of this house, of the different ones that were drug dealers at one point. Now they're owning their own businesses and guys who never had businesses, but now they have businesses and how it's not just about heaven and hell here at the Northgate. It's about you as a human being, being and becoming everything that God has designed you to come in the earth. It's, and, and, and literally, that's why I make the statement, where were you at 10 years ago? And you kicked me back then. And you cussed me behind my back back then. And you said, you ain't got to do all that back then. But then when you finally yielded to it, everything shifted in your world. And you're now owning homes and you're now owning companies and you're CEOs of your factory or you're a president of something. You didn't settle. And so now God has taken us into the next dimension of increase inside of the family that, listen, when you drive through Streetsboro, Streetsboro don't look the same as it did seven years ago. When the first word came that he was sending us from the gym to here, it don't look the same. And you don't either. But I have to tell you, you've not arrived yet. And I have to tell you that you're not finished yet. And I have to tell you that this isn't the end story or the end game. This is just the beginning. And right now you're frustrated because you're now getting ready to cocoon again. You're getting ready to metamorphosize again. You're getting ready to transform again. And our cry to that is, God, I've already transformed and I've already done enough. But when you yield to the love of God, it's the answer to all of it. The answer to it all is that he loves you. And if a man loses his life, he gains it. You become a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And if something don't seem new to you, then it's time to let him recreate. If something don't seem fresh and something don't seem new, then I'm going to throw the old away and let him recreate in me something new. But the only way you can... Find recreation is through father sonship. I'm going to prove it to you because I'm trying not to embarrass you or to shame you, but simply to correct you as the children I love. This is an apostle talking to people that he loves. We can't do this in the church world. So we just want instructors to give us 10 ways to live a better life. And if I maybe stumble upon one of them and I have a little bit better day today than I did yesterday, hurrah. God don't want you to have a better day. He wants you to reclaim the earth. God don't want you to have a better, listen, you're looking to have a better day tomorrow and God's wanting you to reclaim and reform all of the earth around you. Prove it. I was in those prayer meetings when we prayed for Planet Fitness. I was in those prayer meetings when we said, God, fix that. Get rid of this. God, do this. God, we're, Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. And we would start speaking the declaration of the love of God over this city and it's happening. It's happening right before our eyes. Oh, I'm trying to correct you as children I love. For although you could have countless babysitters, I love that. Do you know what babysitters do? They're not really your parents. All they do is pacify you. They pacify you as long as they have you and make sure you don't get your feathers ruffled. 
That's what a babysitter does. They pacify you. They pacify your little frustrations and the little things that you don't like. But a dad will come in and say, nope, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. A dad will bring correction. A dad will change culture. A dad will change mindset. A dad will come in like Mark Pfeiffer told us and, and say, this is who you are, Northgate. This is who you are. This is who you are. And when you hear that, you start coming alive. You could have countless babysitters in Christ telling you what you're doing wrong. You don't have many fathers who correct you in love. But I'm a true father to you. For I have become your father when I gave you the gospel and brought you into union with Christ. Brought you into union with what? Beloved. That's why for the last seven years, we trumpeted one message. You're loved by God. Guess what the message is now about you being loved by God? You will not eat from the tree of I'm not good enough. And if that leavens inside of you right now, we're going to deal with it tonight. We're not going to have a fragment of I can't believe for a big future, a big inheritance, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have to start believing that the dimensions of heaven can be open. A portal, a place of penile can be open where angels ascend and descend right here in Portage County. Don't tell me God's eyes aren't upon Portage. Out of all of the state places, Portage County had six guys not place in the state finals. Why? Because it's a big deal to us. It's a big deal to us, and we celebrate all of that. We celebrate the 40-mile radius. We celebrate Northeast Ohio. We celebrate those that are around us. We celebrate family in this room when they reach success. We celebrate them when they get a prophetic word. We celebrate them when they get healing. We celebrate them when they get breakthrough. We celebrate them when they have salvation. I'm a true father to you. For I became your father when I gave you the gospel and brought you into union with beloved identity. So I encourage you, my children, to follow the example. Right here it is. I encourage you, my children, to follow the example that I live before you. Where am I going at with this? If we're gonna build a culture, go with me to Hebrews. If we're gonna build a culture here, where the radiant light of Jesus can come, what we cannot allow to happen is right now not understanding that we're in a new day. We Listen to me. I knew this was going to happen, and I'm completely okay with it. Two weeks ago, when we were trumpeting that we'd been kissed by an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, people were showing up here all hours of the night. You were all in, but guess what come creeping after you? Normal. Normal came busting down your door. You can't live like this. You can't continue to do that. Yes, you can. I warned you. I warned you in the scripture. When Jesus sent them two by two, when he sent his disciples, he told them, be guarded. 
Be guarded of what? The voice that says you don't have to do all that. The voice that says you ain't got to do it like this. You ain't got to do it like that. The voice that comes, you're a part of a cult. The voice that comes, you're too much involved with your church. You're too much of this. While the world, sexting is taking over. Racism's taking over. The divide is taking over. Hatred is taking over. Drug addiction is running rampant again. We have a Jesus people movement in front of us of a generation that is crying out for truth. We went and saw a timely movie in a timely moment in the earth that there's a generation crying out to be fathered into the love of God that literally everything will change and transform like we've never seen before in the earth. But the difference in this one is there has to be fathers like Chuck in the movie. There has to be more than just pastors. There has to be fathers in the faith that when our kids are going after God with every fiber that's within us, we don't sit back and say, that's nice. No, you match it. You match it. Now, granted, they got a little bit more energy than us. Granted, they're lighter than us. But we've got to break the cycle of when kids get on fire. We sit back and go, bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Because you know what we become? We become instructors. One who lectures or teaches about the example. That's what we do not want to be in this. We don't want to tell kids, and because this is what I was told, kids. When I got on fire 17 years ago, it'll, it'll, it'll wear off. It'll wear off. You'll come into maturity. No, I don't want your maturity. I don't want your, that this is, I want it to be emotional. I want it to be tears. I want it to be joy. I want it to be jumping. I want it to be healing, miracle signs, wonders. I want it to be that I desire to be in the house of God, to seek after God all the days of my life. I want to go after Jesus with everything that's within me. That happened 17 years ago and it happened today at nine o'clock and it happened at one o'clock and it happened when the worst, and if that is not happening in you, there's a probably good example that this is the year of wind. And if you don't allow yourself to be guarded, see, when you allow yourself, when Apostle D got seated in Mobile, what did Apostle Aaron do? I guard you. I guard you. I guard you. I guard you. What was he guarding? A man? No, he was guarding a camp. He was guarding a piece of property. He was guarding legacy. He was guarding a flame of fire that our apostle has had for 25 years that the flame won't go out. Dream big, Damon. Dream big. The dimensions of heaven are opening up. Damon, father, as you father others, I'm going to father you. What's fathering? Oh, let the wind of love blow. Spirit come and take control. What's happening? He's being guarded by a father to dream big because somebody else believes in the dream and the fire can't go out. But the moment we go into independency and all we want to be is lectures, when revival comes, you run. When kingdom teaching is taught, you run. Because you won't receive one thing, sonship. And you can't father without being a son. And if you refuse to be a son, then all you'll do is follow the next great lecture 
that gives you principles with no inheritance. And we'll drive thousands of miles in a wilderness outpouring when you were called to cultivate gardens yourself. When you were called to be a man and woman planted by a river with a family. Or you'll just look for the outpouring or you'll start cultivating or you'll start cultivating. Listen, if you're not going to jump all in with what we're doing here, then I say drive to where you think revival outpouring is at. Because I believe that revival's in a seed form here, but what's being built here is not going to fade in and out in an event. It's going to be handed off generation to generation. It's not an event. It's not an outpouring of manna. There's not man. Listen, he told us to leave the manna away. When we were in the gym, everybody was coming to see the manna. Everybody was coming to an outpouring. Then he sent a family to not be a church, but get planted by a river called Streetsboro. It's easier to go where the manna falls, but the manna will eventually stop because you weren't desired and created to meet manna the rest of your life. That's why everybody gets mad. They're shutting these universities down. They're, you know, you, listen, they're universities. They're places of education. What's happening on that university should be happening by a river inside of every local church. Oh, you're disregarding. I'm not disregarding anything. That was not created for that. This is what is supposed to be created for that. But we won't abandon what we think is normal to get that. Because those kids are hungry and they want truth at that university because they're being taught things. They're being taught things there that they're going, this don't agree with my beloved identity. I'm being taught stuff about heaven and hell. I'm being taught about justification by faith. My insides are not agreeing with this new King James, King James version only stuff. I want all of Jesus. And then all the heretics get mad because we got kids jumping and weeping going, I just want more of God. Set a fire in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I just want more of Jesus. It's coming. Listen to me, it's coming. It's starting on the universities. But it's gonna have to become homesteads called the local church. But we're gonna have to give up our boards and we're gonna have to give up our normal and we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get ready like the Welsh Revival that it may take over all athletics. It may take all entertainment out the window. It may take everything that you plan to do out the window because you were actually born and created to praise God. Everybody's like, oh, I can't. I don't know if they'll get rid of sports. Sports have only been around for 100 years. In the second great awakening, they weren't worried about a baseball game. You know what they were worried about? Encountering the love of God. Benjamin Franklin created electricity, right? That's what history books tell you, correct? Created the light bulb, right? Thomas, yeah. So you have all these guys throughout history that have created stuff. Thomas Edison, Benjamin Franklin, we have all, story after story of what they've created. You know what they don't talk about? How George Washington was a Quaker. Come on, say that. Greatest lead, you know how he led? He led by the whisper of Yahweh. They invented by the whisper of Yahweh. What has got us to this point? So Northgate, I'm trying to tell you, we're not backwood poverty hillbillies if we'll just lean into the whisper of God and abandon normal. And our word right now is don't neglect the house. Yeah, man. Come on. 
because your next great invention might be found laying up next to the stones. Your next great invention might be here and all of a sudden I got caught up in the spirit dimension like John and I saw a wheel within a wheel and I saw lightning and rainbows. Do you understand your inheritance is Aaron Smith and Joshua Smith who's inventing something that is going to flip the world upside down? That's your family. But the more you don't dive all in, you leave your inheritance on the banks of the river. There were guys in this room that drove 20 hours to Mobile. And when we found out that teenagers were in prayer meetings, we're in. My brother, you got to rest. It's the... It's the rest. You've got to rest. You don't have to rest when time's hands are tied. It's what do you believe? You can't get burned out if you're not in that dimension. You can't, look at me, you can't get burned out if a man can go 40 days without food then we can get over our simple lives. The problem is we're anxiously tied to time. My son had a disease. Uh, Look it up. Do you know how they used to treat juvenile arthritis? When they first told us that he was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis, you know what they told us? The only answer they had for the chronic pain that Trenton would go through back in the day was give him chemotherapy. You can testify don't want to send anybody through chemo. They were taking little kids and putting them through cancer treatments just to get the pain out of their body. We didn't run right out of here. Listen, I fathered you. I fathered you. When he got diagnosed with a disease and she had multiple surgeries and I had multiple surgeries, we didn't shake, we didn't quiver, we didn't run. When our apostle was facing death, we didn't shake, we didn't quiver, we didn't run. All you need to do is get tied together with what God has put in front of you so that your flame can be protected. So when revival shows up, your flame don't go out and you go, they're taking away my normal. You're taking away my normal. You're taking, you're messing with my time. If you're freaking out about all the prayer meetings and freaking about, about kids laying in the altars till 9, 10 o'clock, you know what that tells me? You weren't seated. So when the year of wind came, you go, ah, my kids got homework. My homework for what? You think God's gonna punish your kid's test score? If he's laying, you think God's going to punish your kid's test score? Once again, it's your revelation of you're not beloved. You're not, my kid needs sleep. No, your kid needs an encounter. Your kid needs to lay in the Holy Ghost and shake in the love of God till you literally have to almost debate with them to get out of the church. At midnight, at midnight when we're in Mobile, Apostle D is texting Elijah and Judah going, tell them North Gators to go home and you boys need to come to bed. But what? Wasn't at nine, wasn't at 10, it was 12.30. You know what he was doing? Fathering, fathering. And listen, there's some nights where he lets those boys sleep in that sanctuary. 
You know why? Because as soon as Caden and our boys met with their boys, then all of a sudden, like the throne of God, they started throwing fire on each other. They started immediately embracing and laying hands on each other. And you know what's happening? The wheel within the wheel, the frame within the frame is moving in a pipeline from Ohio all the way to Mobile and the heavens are being up. Do you understand what a man under a tallit has done for the last 20 years in Mobile? He's prepared us to see the dimensions of the kingdom of God and we just want heaven or hell. I was, I was in another building when Apostle Aaron came into our building over there by Planet Fitness and brought Talits. You were in that room. He put those Talits over us and we went to the throne of God and he started prophesying over you in this room. You are the gold standard of Northeast Ohio. There's people getting mad right now. Oh, the North Gate. Get a, get a father and they'll identify you. Don't get mad because our fathers identify us. Don't get jealous. You should probably celebrate. This is all about union. Listen to me. This is all about union. I have preached for a year, Romans 8, 28, that our lives have been interwoven together for a time such as this. And we shouted and praised God. And then when the initiating of the gate opens up and the kids go, we want to be here all the time. We were like, well, I don't know if I want to be interwoven that much. My sleep means something to me. My time means something to me. And those of you that won't take time to run with the next generation, you struggle with anxiety, you struggle with trust, you struggle with misidentification. Because all these kids are going after one thing. You know what it is? Loved by God. Loved by God. These kids are going after one thing, Jesus. I am overwhelmingly loved by God. And you know how I know they're hitting a target? You want to know how I know they're hitting a target? Because all of a sudden the cult murmurs are just stay away from there. Yeah, stay away from us. Stay away from us. While your kids used to come here and they stopped cutting, they stopped looking at pornography, stay away from us. They stopped sexting. They stopped social media. Yeah, they stopped drugs. Keep them away from here. Yeah, we're awful. We're horrible. This is the worst place on the planet. When your kids were getting away from the dark side. Somebody was watching and you need to hear that. Kids didn't have to take anxiety medicine. They, didn't, they weren't worried about depression. They would get in here and cry and feel the love of God. And you rushed them out of here because we love to teach and instruct kids about popularity. Some of you adults in this room struggle. You'd rather your kids be popular than on fire. There are people in this room, you'd rather your child be accepted by the darkness of the school than be on fire and be labeled in here. Here's what I tell you. You're already in here, so you might as well jump in. And they're just on the edge of the river. You might as well just, you're, you're a front runner. You might as well just get in here. You might as well just get all in. Just get all in. I said it before. You moved to the city for a reason. So you wouldn't have to drive from Minner and Southeast and all these places when we say get in here for 15 minutes every day. And let 
the 15 minutes turn into an hour. But you know what happened? Your normal started getting messed with. But what about, what, 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 it's called order. It's called devotion, honor, order. He's trying to reorder some of your lives. And you're frustrated with the one you're living and he loves you enough to try to reorder your life. He loves, watch, he lo- that's why Paul said, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to correct you because I love you because I'm preparing you for something. I'm preparing you for something, Corinth. The same thing that over in Hebrews that I was trying to prepare them for. I need you guys to discover creative ways. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Watch this, 25. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. I'm trying to encourage you to do what? To do what? I'm trying to encourage you to have acts of compassion. I don't know how many church services, if we would have stayed with what we thought was the schedule, would we have missed praying for Rhonda? I don't know how many church services. But every time I saw the tears running down Glenn's face, get the oil, get a prayer cloth, those in faith, let's lay hands on Glenn for Rhonda. And we kept saying, we're believing she's gonna walk through these doors cancer free. We're believing. Woo, do you feel that? Do you feel that? This is just the beginning. They're gonna pull up with an ambulance and they're gonna come in this room and we're gonna lay hands on them. There's people already, right now, thank you, Yahweh, Chase Miller, Buggy's partner from Louisville. His mom has cancer and she's in the ICU right now with pneumonia. So Father, right now, we send healing to her body right now in the name of Jesus. Jeremy, we are with you. Chase, we are with you. And we declare the same healing that touched Rhonda is gonna touch Chase's mom. God, we're making that declaration and sending love out of this house. He is still the creator of the cosmos. He's a God that heals. He's a God that delivers. He's not 45 minutes coffee and donuts, God. What are we doing? We're taking time of compassion and encouragement. We're taking time. We're taking time. My message is not as important as that woman receiving healing. Got to make sure I hit every note. No, I don't got to make sure I hit every note. I just got to make sure I say what Holy Spirit makes me say. So you're encouraged to not live normal. That you realize the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is inside of you. It's all around you. It's working through you. But you're going to have to yield and run away from normal. You have to run from it. Because it's going to haunt you at your job. But you know how you change that? Right here. Put, keep those scriptures up. How do you shift a culture by being the dominating culture? And something happened in this house three, four weeks ago. And I knew when I left because the father of the house was not here leading the charge. Some of you would go, eh, 
Don't know if I got to go there and pray all day Sunday. I don't, I don't know. But you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for a kid and kids that are not baptized in their own religion. They're too young. Don't know no better. They're saying, this feels good. When I sent the text message out as a spiritual father, all these boys, whoop, here, here. I got men in this room. You should have been here, but your religion told you no. Your religion told you something else was of more importance on a Sunday. Watch, on a Sunday, on a Sunday, on a Sunday. Watch, on a Sunday, on a Sunday. Let me say it again, on a Sunday, on what's supposed to be the Lord's Day. If we can't begin to settle things on the Lord's Day, what are we going to do on Monday? What are we going to do on Tuesday? What are we going to, we don't want Asbury. We really want Sunday morning church. That's really what we want. We don't want Asbury. I don't want People start driving from all over America to Streetsboro. But my company, if you'll start running your company like a kingdom builder, you won't have to worry about doing the extra overtime, the side jobs, the stuff that's wearing you out. Could have shouted me down and amen me right there. Because you're not called to be a self-employee. I called you a kingdom builder. And I call you self-employed. I called you kingdom builders. I'm going to talk about people that own companies. I called you kingdom builders. I called you kingdom builders. I go, but you got to own your own company. Tell that to Jason McDowell. Tell that to him when kids were praying in here. And he's watching Asbury at his office. And then he knows our kids are praying in here. Next thing you know, ding, group me. Well, I'm taking half a day. I'm gone. Why? Because he doesn't have enough religion. He doesn't have enough religion to tell him he needs to stay at work. He doesn't have, that's what I love about you, Jason McDowell. You don't have any religion. You have fire that's getting shut up in your bones. That's why I love his text messages going, I love the fire. I love the fire. I love the presence. I love the fire. If you used to love the fire and don't love the fire anymore, then you need to run away that what seems right is not right. Ooh. Ooh. What seems right to a man that in there for his death, that is religion. Quit doing it with what seems right and do it with the unction of the Holy Ghost. And get in here and sing with a group of kids. My soul longs for you. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Open up the floodgates of heaven and let it rain. He's holy. He's holy. And we lift him up and we magnify his name. And I watched him listen to old clips of Uncle Bryn from his days in Alabama back in a youth movement. And I watched my son get all fired up and start declaring, what are you going to do with your athletics when what Trenton prayed happens? You know what he prayed today? That kids from all over the region go to Rocket Stadium. And he just didn't pray. He said he saw it. And you know what I'm telling him? You did see it. You know why he saw it? Because the way he was shaking and moving. And he said parents couldn't even get in the stadium because there were so many kids that they lined up on the outside of the stadium in lawn chairs, honoring what God was doing in their kids. We're not going to get to that until we honor what the Lord is doing right now in the grassroots. So my one o'clock on a Sunday becomes my lawn chair in the stadium. Tomorrow night at 10 o'clock when the boys want to come back becomes my lawn chair to the stadium. 
You're going to have to honor grassroots. You're going to have to learn how to sow on the ground floor. But I'm tired and I'm older. It's all right. Bible told us to pray for strength. And when you don't have strength, you find somebody that has strength. Does that mean I got to be at everything? That doesn't, that's not what I'm saying. Not once in this whole four weeks to five weeks have I said you have to be at everything. You know what I said? You need to be intentional. You need to be intentional. And if you can't come in here and pray because of your job or because of something that's going on, then I ask you when you do get in here corporately, don't check out. Don't check out for the sake of the next generation. Watch this. Don't check out for the sake of your family. This is how I say praise and worship. This is how I say seek God. Seek God as if everything you're asking for is coming through the door. Not next week, in the next five minutes. Start acting like he's that good. Like everything that you desire and pray for and hope for is about to walk through the door in five minutes because his timing is not ours. And all I'm trying to teach you as a father, this is all a father tries to teach, that there's a new day upon us. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed a habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. We need fathers. And when I say fathers, I'm saying mothers. Fathers are founders of families. Fathers are to be the creators and the authors and the originators of life. Let me read this again. This is out of the Webster's Dictionary. We don't need instructors, just people who lecture and teach. This is how you should do it. We need somebody that will show the foundation of family, what we are. They should show hands-on that they are to be the creator and the author and the originator of life. To perform the task as if you are the biological parent. You know what that does? I am called to be the father of this house. But when everybody gets the idea of sonship and fathering, this takes all the pressure off me. This takes all the pressure off of her. This takes all the pressure off of him. This takes all the pressure off of her. This takes all the pressure off of him. It takes all the pressure off of her. It takes all the pressure off of her and it takes all the pressure off of him. That is your senior leadership. So when he calls for prayer, that doesn't mean you have to be up here. But that means you need to lean in. Should I be there? If they're up here praying, just means lean in. Should I be up there? When these teenage boys send out a text and these girls, should I be up there? Should I, or, or is this where I neglect and pull back because you don't have to do all that? This is not about striving or sacrifice. This is about obedience. Should I be up there? 
The word of the Lord in this new date. Listen to me. The word of the Lord for this house is if you live in the city, come here one time a day. Do you know what that just, you know what that just knocked out for you? Your personal devotion. The next footsteps lead into honor and they lead into order. But guess what it all begins with? Devotion. Wherever your life is at right now, especially you that keep messing with the scorecard or grading yourself, the reason you grade yourself or grade your life or grade where you're at is because you're grading your devotion rather than just come be a friend with God. That's what, that's what this new day is about for us. It's about us coming in here, just being friends with him. And he's asking us to come into the house that is going to be the womb of everything that's going to be birthed for a 40-mile radius. So I say this to you. If you own your own company, I would be in here. You know why? Because it might be by these stones that you get all the ideas for your company. Oh, I could get those anywhere. You could. You could. Listen, you could. You're right. Listen, you're right. But the more you argue with me, you're probably this. Because when it and him and Holy Ghost shows up in revival, your normal gets shook. And us that have been longing for this, I watched this man with these teenagers today walk right here and just weep. You know why? Because when he first started in ministry, he had a youth revival on a farm in Garrettsville and it got shut down. This one won't get shut down. You want to know why? Because we're leading it together. When religion came in, and said, you can't have kids at prayer meetings all night. You can't be prophesying over them. You can't have them laying hands on people. You can't have them ministering. They're not ready for this. They've not been to seminary school. They've not done this. They, they just had hunger for God. On, and they actually felt a father that would protect their flame. But their parents were taking them to instructors that blew out their flame and it died. There's weight. There's weight. I could hear him in the spirit just going, thank you, God. Thank you. As he's watching these 10 teenagers flood around this room, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying for revival, I could watch the prophet and elder of this house going, thank you, God. Thank you, God. We are here to protect this flame that nobody can blow it out. Nobody can blow it out. Nobody can blow it out. These kids... are walking around this room. And I look around the room and I see Mike, I see Mike, I see Mama T, I see other dads, moms in the room. You know what's happening? The big bad wolf can't come and put it out. Don't tell me you don't need fathers. Don't tell me. We have many instructors 
But we have few fathers that are willing to protect a generation to say, you can go as far as you want after God. You can go as far as you want after God. You can get as weird as you want. You can get as wild as you want. You can get as crazy as you want. You can believe as big as you want to believe. You can pray against suicide. You can begin to pray that a football stadium will be filled with revival. You can pray and dream as big as you want to dream for God. And we're going to do nothing but cheer you on and get in the room. And when you get done praying, I get on the microphone and I come in complete agreement with it. This is an invitation tonight. This is an invitation. This is an invitation. I don't have time. I don't. I don't have time. I don't feel like I have time to read you the whole thing that I was going to read you. I think I just need to give you the last verse. Put up Matthew 14. You guys okay? Are you guys hearing me tonight? Some of you are wrestling on the inside. And you know what? That's good. That's good. Because listen, some of the stuff that you've been fighting, God's asking you to stop fighting. He's actually asking you to surrender. I want you to put up Matthew 14. And I want you to put up verse 31 and 32. Be good? You got it? Verse 31 and 32 of Matthew. And this is for adults, 14, 31, and 32. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted it up. Does anybody know what's happening here? Do you know what's happening here? This is a storm came. Watch. First instruction. It's what we talked about tonight, right? First instruction. First instruction, Peter and the disciples are told to go somewhere. Many of you have successfully heard first instruction in this walk with beloved identity. Now watch. Once they had committed in their heart to get in a boat and cross over, the 15, 20,000 had been fed with fishes and bread. Jesus tells them to cross over. They listen. They go to cross over. They go in the direction God tells them to go in. Watch. Listen to what I said. God told them to go. They said yes but somewhere in their identity, they thought when a storm rose up, they would actually die. Wow. Listen to me. Some of you are doing better than you've ever done in 10 years. A storm is hit and you're freaking out. You're freaking out. We're here as the leadership going, we're in the greatest outpouring. This is the greatest weight. And the enemy's going, yep, but do you feel the wind? And do you feel the rain? Do you feel the wind? Come on, you see your bank account. Come on, come on, you see your marriage. You see your children. You see it. You see the storm. Stare at the storm. And even in the midst of the storm, he's still trying to show up. But you're going to have to take your eyes off of the storm and you're going to have to put your eyes on Jesus. But watch, watch what Peter does. Watch. Storm comes. Waves are crashing. Is that you, Lord? Yes, Peter's gaze catches Jesus like it always does. That's him. This is what's great. He then asks Jesus for a miracle. Can I walk on water? 
What's amazing is you have not because you ask not, right? Isn't it funny that we'll get so selfish that we'll ask for our own miracle and forget that we got 11 brothers in a boat? Your decisions affect everybody around you. Because even in the miracle to walk on water, the storm didn't stop. Oh, you're asking God to fix one thing, then fix your world. Oh, man. You're asking God to fix one thing because you think that maybe if I walk on water, this will fix it. Didn't. You know what it did? It messed with his insecurity even more because if he didn't keep his eyes solely on Jesus inside of his miracle, he kept sinking. While he was forgetting about the other 11 brothers that are supposed to be crossing over into something together. We want God to deal with us and we're forgetting that God's about to take the whole north gate somewhere. You're trying to walk on water and guess where God wants you in? He wants you in the boat with your family the whole time. But God loving enough, this is your issue. You don't think you're loved. Being loved enough, you can walk on water. But if you're going to walk on water, you're going to have to get so close to me. You're going to have to act exactly like I do. And guess what? That's about impossible. Because Jesus wasn't afraid of storms. Peter was. That's why even in Peter's miracle of walking on water, he kept sinking because he was still freaked out because he didn't think that he could radically reform waves. You think walking on your wave will reform it when the real issue is God wants to do one thing since day one. He wants to get in the middle of your story. And so Jesus immediately stretches out his hand, lifts up Peter and says, what little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? Why would you let doubt win? And the very moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. You want God to do something for you when God actually wants to do something for you and everybody who's in your boat. Romans 8, 28. Walking on water didn't stop storms. It didn't. He actually sunk. And many of you are trying to walk on water in your circumstance right now. And guess what you're doing? Watch, watch, look at me. Don't look down in shame. You're beloved. I'm just trying to get you out of sinking. Watch. You're walking on water when you're in here praying and you're proximal. Then all of a sudden, normal grabs you. Guess what happens? It's all falling apart. No, it's not. No, it's not. You got to be connected to something that's just not connected to you, but it's connected to everybody around you. You have to be connected to the love that is not just after you, but it's after everybody around you. Verse 33 says, then all the disciples crouched down before him. Watch, Peter could have had his miracle moment, but when Jesus got in the boat with Peter, it now affected everybody. Instead of trying to run away from family, why don't you connect to the God that wants to be in the center of your family? 
The winds and the waves did not stop because a miracle took place. It's when Jesus got invited into the boat. Isn't it funny that our apostle calls these little revival cultures arks, boats? You're wanting God to, I'm telling all of you, come in here and pray. This is our assignment right now. And you're going, but I want to walk out water on there. If you'll get in this boat like I'm asking you to get in this boat, then this is what will happen. We'll all find a form of humility. What happens when people pray and humility comes? The land gets healed. That all the disciples crouched down in humility before Jesus and worshiped him. They said in adoration, watch, not one of them, not two of them, not three of them, not four of them, all of them. This is why it's about one accord right now. We're not big, we're not mobile. There's not 500 people in the room. There's 100 if we're lucky. And you're not a visitor. And even the visitor we had, she understands one government. I could tell already when I asked her to come forward, there was no bucking. If this is what God is speaking to this man of God for this house, I'm in. I'm in. You know why? Because she's connected to a house that's connected to this house that she believes there's inheritance coming to Mobile and she believes there's inheritance coming to Ohio. And watch, she has to begin to believe what's happening in this house because you got family up here. So we call your family into the ark. We call them that what apostle has said over this, this is a safe place to raise your families. This is a safe place to raise your kids. They will experience the inheritance and the glory of almighty God. They will be identified as beloved sons and daughters. This is a safe place for your children and your grandchildren to encounter the one true living God. And their flames will be protected here. So what did you come to see? A man burning in the wilderness? No, you come to see is the love of God here. And it is. So this is a safe place where you can go tell your daughter and your grandchildren, that's a safe place for you. That's a safe place for you. That's a safe place for you. I started this message off tonight by reading the words of Apostle Paul. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here to shame you. I'm here because I love you. And if you heard rebuke tonight... I'm asking you to yield your heart to God. God is up to something in Northeastern Ohio. And he does not just want to use Jimmy and Tina Lovejoy. He wants to use an entire family. Go back to verse 33. Listen to what they say here in verse 33. Gosh. Then the disciples crouched down before him and worshiped Jesus. They said in adoration, you are Truly the beloved one. You cannot have beloved identity without having an encounter with the one that is loved and his name is Jesus. I don't know what this whole thing is really gonna look like. I don't. But right now in this moment, I prophesied to you guys at the beginning of the year This is the smallest it will ever be. This is the least we're ever going to do. And if you'll get in the flow of what we're doing, it's not much. It's just intentional.
And what's being messed with is our devotion or our lack of. And if that bothers you, devotion means one thing. You being devoted and fascinated with the one who loves you the most, more than anybody on this earth. That's all I'm calling you into. I'm not, that was not a rebuke tonight. That is, I'm telling you, we have to begin to understand Acts 2, 42 through 47. And the initiation of revival culture in a vital church is a church that is on their knees before God. We should not be celebrating right now that Streetsboro is the number one city that is being exposed for sextortion in a generation. That is not a celebration. That is a charge and a priority on the sons and daughters of Yahweh in the earth that this perversion needs to stop. And listen, that perversion came in that parking lot and it provoked this house. I can't go into details, but I'm telling you, there was a man that should have been arrested that came into that parking lot and I believe that was a spirit of perversion. And you know when it happened? You want to know what happened? When these kids started to pray. When these kids started crying out for their generation. When these kids started calling for an end of perversion, for an end of drug addiction, for an end of racism, for an end of bullying, for an end of suicide, for an end of all these insecurities and anxieties. We have a generation that is being baptized in anxiety medication. And all it's doing is making them numb. How many adults in this room has ever had depression or anxiety medicine given to them? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. It numbed every one of you, didn't it? It numbed you. All we have to do is be a group of people that allows him in the boat and not look for our one miracle, that actually our miracle is found inside of each other. The answer for the world around us is the one that's within us. So I want, oh man. Yep, Trenton. Go on up, buddy. Mike, go with him. Get the pad prepared. But I want you to play that Lauren Daigle song. Huh? You say. You say. And this is what I want. I want Tina. Huh? I want you to go with Mama T. Yep. Some of y'all are looking at like you have no idea what we have in this youth group. I'll tell you what we have in this youth group. What the earth is groaning and travailing for. Listen to me. What the earth is groaning and travailing for. Sons and daughters of God to manifest. We've got some musicians. We've got some worship leaders. You want to know why? Because this is about to be a hub of revival. For the northern part of the nation. Listen to me. Do you feel it? Do you feel the weight for the northern part of the nation? You better get ready for your world to get rocked. I say rock it. That's why I keep saying it's all for sale. It's all for sale. It's all for Right now, the instruction and the call is get in this room every day, 15 minutes. 15 minutes turns into 30, 30 turns into an hour. And listen, some of you that were doing that, you felt alive. And then when you stopped doing that, you became worried. You became anxious. You became fearful. 
That's how I know this is right. Listen to me. That's how I know this is right. This is how I know this is 100% right. Because when you were coming in here, the anxiety, the fear, the worry was leaving. It was running from you. And then when we started to get on that, that, that life support of normal, it's never going to change. You're so close to it changing. You're one moment of belief. Watch this. You're one moment of belief. You're one moment of belief from it all changing. And that moment can come for many of you tonight. I believe there's two altar calls here tonight. Two altar calls. And I want my teenagers to come and I want you to line up right here. All my teens, face me, but line up right here. And give space next to each other for somebody to walk past you. Give space. Yep, spread out, spread out. Hey guys, this way. Right there, stop, spread out. Adults, I want you to hear me. I have been a part of three youth revivals in my lifetime. I've had leaders look at me when there was on a stage. Bottles, Dakota was there, Heaven was there, Warren was there. Drugs, prescription drugs, marijuana, meth. I want you to listen to me. Alcohol, pornographic, magazines, DVDs, regular DVDs, regular CDs, concert t-shirts. Nobody told these kids to go home and get that stuff. Anything that distracted them from the love they were feeling, they were coming to church on Wednesday nights and throwing it on the stage. I had a man come to me and say, you need to clean that up. I said, you clean it up. I wasn't trying to be rebellious because week after week, another new kid came in the room and saw what people were abandoning for the love of God. Many adults in this room, many adults watching live stream, God's not asking you to give up meth and God's not asking you to give up drugs and alcohol. You did that. You got there. It's the same thing with your money. You did some things that got you to here. Now the next call is, is it all for sale? My daily routine, if he calls for me, will you come running? Because that was the awesome thing about Peter who was insecure, who was shameful, who had regrets. The one thing about the apostle Peter, every time in scripture, he just wanted to get to Jesus. When the tomb was empty, ran. When Jesus was on the shore, he swam. Because there were moments in Peter's life where he followed God at his own comfortable distance. But there was a longing inside of him. There was a longing from the day he met him. I want to be in your presence all the time. But that got negotiated with all the time because of his normal living. And there finally came a day in an upper room where he gave up 10 days of his life 
to gain his life. And he became the leading apostle in Jerusalem. Because when God told him to go and wait, he finally listened and didn't negotiate on how he should do it. He just did it. Some of you are wrestling with yourself. Some of you, Israel, need to stop wrestling with Jacob. When you really crave his attention, you crave his fascination, you crave his fire, you crave his love, you crave him. How do I know you crave him? You wouldn't be in this church if you didn't crave him. And right now, that hunger is hitting our kids. And I am not going to have conflict between balanced, normal, average living of what we call adulthood and revival. I'm all in. This is what I'm asking you. Some of you keep wrestling with the real you. You need to understand you are loved by God and your tears hunger for that love. Your heart is hard and it craves to be soft and tender. It craves to be tender. I feel revival when I speak. I feel my insides quivering. This can be a night for you to be born again again. This can be a night that if there's 11 of I'm not good enough for this, this altar's for you. We will not eat from the I am not good enough tree because you're beloved. And if your mind wrestles with I don't have to do all this, then I dare you to come to this altar and just lay your head on his lap like Mary instead of thinking that we're becoming Martha. A generation, a generation is crying out for the manifestation of sons and daughters. A generation don't want drugs. They don't want to cut themselves. They don't want to be suicidal. They don't want to be confused about homosexuality. They don't want to be on drugs. They don't want to be on alcohol. They don't want to be addicted to pornography. The answer is fathers that simply know they are loved by God and they get their flame guarded. They get their flame guarded. They get their flame guarded. Let Abba and let the family guard you tonight. Come to this altar. Get your hunger. Get your passion. Get your fire for God. And let the leaders and a generation go, you're guarded. You're guarded. You're guarded. You're guarded. You're guarded. You're guarded. There's one dad that already came up here. If you're waiting for me to ask you to come, quit wrestling. Quit wrestling. Quit wrestling with this. This is an all-in house. All in. I'm all in. It's all for sale. It's all for sale. No more regrets. The real you come alive. Come on, I remember many of you 
when you first encountered this awakening, this revival, the tears, the hunger, the fire, the passion. I honor you for being moms and dads. I honor you for working hard. But I'm telling you, independency dies today at this altar. You're not alone and you ain't got to do this alone. This is about family. Teenagers, I want you to begin to go and find somebody and lay hands on them. Leadership, come on up and jump in here with me. Listen, I'm going to be provoking. There's adults I didn't see here today and I'm asking you why. I'm asking you why. Why? This is a word of the Lord for the house. Burn. Burn all the days of your life. Stop in the water, out of the water. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Do I want to be all in? Do I want to be all in? Do I want to be all in? Do I not want to be all in? Is there any more adults I'm talking to? Mel, you come up here and pray with people. Come on. Because some of you are wrestling in your mind right now. Your stubbornness is trying to convince you. I ain't got to do all that. I ain't got to do all that. I'm telling you, it's all that. It's all that because it's about his love. It's all that because it's about his love. I will not wrestle with beloved identity any longer. I won't. I won't. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Gate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.